You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm really going to hope that this is Jeremy Warner and uh, not just some random no-color ID uh, prince from Kenya trying to take my money or something along those lines. I keep a little profile, Mike. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? How's your family? Uh, doing well. Yours? Uh, we're getting there. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And I plan to spend a little more time with you on this podcast as we all are socially distancing ourselves for the greater good and uh, to help our healthcare professionals attack this coronavirus, COVID-19. Hopefully you spend a little more time with you because it's weird not being out and about. It's weird for me not covering games or uh, having interviews in person with people and press conferences. And of course, right now, Derek Piper and I will be preparing ourselves for an NCAA tournament uh, to cover where we would have gone. I don't know whether it was a short jive to St. Louis or to Omaha or a flight to Albany or Sacramento, whatever it is. Obviously, we're staying put and uh, everyone's staying put. And it's sad for college athletics. And we're going to continue to dive deeper into that. We, we plan on hearing from a lot of baseball coaches, a lot of baseball players, the rest of the coaches here at Illinois, the Illini are going to make them available. So I'm going to actually bring some updates from that side of sports because obviously most of you care most about Illinois basketball and Illinois football. But I, I think this is a different time where I think a lot of people need to tell their stories. And I might share some of those sports with you as well because this has been such a trying time for everybody. Um, and it's just the start of it, right? So we're just trying to fight this thing off and as it spreads across the country and try and keep those that spread from being too much from our healthcare uh, professionals. So I plan on spending a little bit more time with you on this podcast. And I, obviously in this time, we have to be creative. As content creators, I tweeted this out the other day, we have to be really creative because I still feel like our job is to inform you of what's going on in the seriousness of what's going on, but also look towards the future. And we're doing that with recruiting things going on because Illinois staffs are, are still recruiting. Uh, we're looking at roster construction, where Illinois basketball goes from here, is I would assume Mugon, Andres Felice, and Kipper Nichols obviously moving on. Because we want to give you hope for when sports comes back. We want to give you content for when sports comes back. We also want to entertain. And, and that's why we're doing this Illini player bracket. Give you something to to focus on, to to think about, to give you some good March Madness memories of some of the former Illini greats and you know guys who have meant a lot to this season as well. So we're doing our Illini player bracket, and I, I hope you're enjoying that. The, the process of it was fun. Uh, I, I took it really seriously about the seating. You can disagree with some of them, uh, but it should be fun voting on those as we go forward. But uh, we have a lot in store. Uh, Derek and I have come up with some good story ideas. Gavin Good is writing for us, and, and we've come up with some good story ideas and content ideas as well. But one thing I've wanted to share is, and I hope it gives you a different side of this, is not only are you guys sad for your sports being gone and for the coaches and for the players uh, and for all those DIA employees and all you Illini fans that lose sports, there also are people who are losing work 
and I caught up with Tim Sinclair on Friday afternoon uh, about uh, the Big Ten tournament being canceled. Then the NCAA tournament got canceled, and the MLS got canceled, and uh, NBA gets postponed. I should say MLS postponed. And Tim is a public address announcer for all those sports, and he's an independent contractor. Uh, If those games are canceled, he can't make up that work. And there's another person I thought of with this that it might even make a bigger impact on. And many of you have heard his voice. I don't know how many of you actually know the name to the voice, but after Jim Shepard was done being the public address announcer with a great career at Illinois, Mike Cation had the unenviable task of taking over Jim when Jim was the voice of so many. And Mike provided the bridge between Jim and Tim Sinclair. And Mike did a fantastic job. Um, I think he's a great dude. I I loved talking with him and knowing him. Uh, But also, he's really good at his job. So much so that the tennis tours have picked him up as a play-by-play announcer. Mike does work for the USTA as well as the ATP Challenge Tour, which a lot of former Illini have gone on to play and participate in. And I not only talked to Mike about what it means for these tours to grind to a halt for him. He's an independent contractor. He doesn't get paid uh, until he does work again, which we don't know when that could come back. So obviously this is very hard for Mike, but we also talk about the players. Um, These aren't players that are making Rafa Nadal money. These are players that aren't making Novak Djokovic money or Roger Federer money uh, or Serena Williams money. These are players that are trying to make it. These are all independent contractor players, so there's no union uh, that is involved here either. So we talk about that. I thought that was interesting. It's something I wouldn't have thought much about, but Mike gives really good insight into. And just talking about how this hit a global game. Tennis is such a global game. We know basketball has been too, but tennis was starting to feel the the ramifications of this a little bit before other sports because you have so many tennis players from Asia, so many tennis players from Europe as well. So I I had a really interesting conversation with Mike. I love catching up with Mike. He was very honest about the anxiety he has, the anxiety the tennis world has over what's going on with the coronavirus. And I think it just gives you a different perspective that most of us, you're not interested in because you're only interested in basketball or football or baseball, whatever's going on here. So I was glad to catch up with Mike and it just gives another voice um, to how this all impacts not just the players we think about, the coaches that uh, we all see on TV, but the people behind the scenes, the people in other sports that we normally don't think about. We're all affected by this and we're all going to be impacted by COVID-19 and the economic fallout for a while. And not to mention, of course, the health fallout of all of this. Um, And Mike gives his personal story about how it touches him. And I hope to give more of these stories. If you know more of these stories, I'd, I'd love to hear them as well. But I don't want to say I enjoyed my conversation with Mike, but I do enjoy Mike. And I think Mike gives you some pretty honest uh, answers about what his world is like right now, which for all of us is a little scary. So here's Mike Cation, a longtime Illinois public address announcer for many, many sports, uh, but now on the ATP Challenger and the UTSA tours. Here's Mike Cation. Mike, let's just start here. I mean, uh, I'm trying to catch up with people all affected by this, and we're all affected by this, uh, but specifically people I know in the sports world, and you're one of the first ones I thought of, and and obviously the tennis world is a global game. So when did coronavirus, when did COVID-19 really seep into your sports world? I actually think tennis was probably the first to um, make any cancellations. It happened 
gosh, uh, we're recording this what on Monday. So eight days ago, last Sunday, when they canceled Indian Wells, um, which is referred to as the fifth major, they canceled it the day before the tournament was supposed to begin. Um, I had actually recorded a podcast myself earlier in the day saying, I think we need to expect cancellations within the next couple of weeks. And then, boom, just like that, Indian Wells got canceled. I wasn't scheduled to work that one. I was scheduled to work um, this week when I was supposed to be at a Challenger in Phoenix. And then um, the ATP Master Series event in Miami, I was supposed to work that next week. Um, but obviously, it's everything's canceled in the tennis world as well um, for at least six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, the WTA announced this morning that they're going to extend that by another couple of weeks after that. Um, so we're just still in kind of this waiting mode um, for me personally. So I've, I've missed out now um, these three weeks that I'm supposed to be working in Phoenix and then Miami. I've also already been pulled from an event in Cincinnati in August. So I'm out four weeks of work personally. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that pales in comparison to the health uh, issues that are going to face for so many people. But, you know, the, the economic impact for me is I wanted to ask you about that, Mike, but as is, is this was happening in early January uh, in China, and, and obviously mm -hmm. Asia, there's a lot of Asian players on, on these professional tennis tours, and, and that spreads to Europe, and there's a lot of European tour, uh, European players, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. when, when did this, you know, when did people really start talking about this or getting affected by this? Because I imagine where the people are from Asia or Europe, like they're affected by it before we here in the U.S. are. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was down in Australia when you first started hearing about it, um, and the Australian Open referred to as, um, you know, the, not only a major of Australia but also a Pan Asian um, major as well. So we started hearing about it quite a bit um, in in terms of this virus that was in China and what it was doing in Wuhan. Um, it really hadn't impacted too many players' lives until really the last couple of weeks. And it was really not so much the Chinese contingent. Um, and I think that's a lot of it has to do with the restrictions put in place by the media in China um, and, and the players adhering to those. It was It's really been the Italian contingent uh, over the last couple of weeks, all of them you know, realizing they can't head home um, as easily. Um, then over the last couple of weeks, the last week before things got canceled, actually last week, there were a couple of small events, small challenger events where um, France and Germany, I believe, were the countries that pulled their players and said, if you want to come home before we quarantine you and say you can't come home for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you need to leave now. So there are stories of these players who just left challengers in East um, Eastern Europe to get back home to their country so that they could be with their families, their loved loved ones in these quarantine periods. So we didn't really start feeling um, much of an actual player impact until maybe even two or three weeks ago. But now it's pretty drastic um, for so many players that are outside of the top 50 in the world because their financials are going to be impacted as well. Right. So how did you get the news, Mike, that everything was getting shut down in your world? Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, like I said, I was, I was recording a podcast last Sunday night um, and then I, hit stop on, on our recorders. We talked for about 10 or 15 minutes, my, my co-host Noah Rubin and myself, and uh, I'm editing the podcast and then all of a sudden Twitter blows up and then my phone blows up. Um, and so we tried to figure out how we were going to be impacted. Um, this past week I had talks with both of my boss I, bosses. I'm an independent contractor. I work for the USTA. I also work for the ATP. 
Um, and so then it's just a matter of emails and phone calls, just kind of working through what a crazy week it was last week, finding out what events were still going to be going on. And um, but mostly through social media um, and then, you know, get the follow up phone calls saying, hey, obviously your, your services won't be needed. Um, but, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy eight days. It feel like three years. Yeah, Mike, I, I don't know if you saw, but I talked with Tim Sinclair, a guy you know, um, mm-hmm. in a similar business yep. and, um, you know, independent contractor. I'm, I'm that way with radio as well, and thankfully I can continue doing that. So uh, there are mm-hmm. so many people affected by this. How, for the average person, how does this impact your, your life? I mean, so many of us are going to be impacted by this, but you personally, um, what kind of impact does this have on your life for the next couple of months? Yeah, it's going to be really challenging. Um I'm, I'm looking at, you know, if, again, if in a perfect world, I will have tournaments to work again in June. Um, I, I think that is a extremely hopeful thought process. So then I start to think about July. I've got a couple events then. I've already been pulled off of one in August. Um, but for an independent contractor like myself, I'm unemployed. Um, and, and what makes it really difficult is that I still have all of these contracts set up for later in the year. But I don't know if they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't get unemployment benefits. Um, so at the current status, um, I can't go and get unemployment help um, because of the fact that I'm an independent contractor. Um, so I, I've lost somewhere between a fifth and a quarter of my salary already, my, what I count on for the year already. Um, so I've got a few months that I've got enough saved up um, before I start to get into real trouble. Um, and I'm, I'm scared. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm a divorced parent. Um, my, my, my ex-wife and I are both in Tulsa, and she's still working actually for the University of Illinois while in Tulsa. And we're just doing our best right now to kind of figure out how we can be good parents in this moment. Like I said, I've got a few months saved up, so I think I'll be okay for a little bit. Um, but, I mean, if I'm being blunt, I'm going to be reliant after that on our government to help me out. Um, There are not going to be a lot of people who are going to be hiring part-time in the next few months. Um, I can't go necessarily and go work at even a McDonald's or or something. There are going to be so many hiring freezes. Um, You can understand why with businesses essentially shut down. So yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous. I'm, I'm hopeful that we get to a point where sports gets restarted maybe late summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I said to somebody last week, even that I, I don't even know if I've, I, if I'm going to do another tennis match for the rest of the year right. until we get to a point where there's a vaccine. I don't know. Then that's the scary part, isn't it? Nobody really knows how, how we will proceed in say two or three months. I think that's the, the hardest part, right? Is the uncertainty. Cause you don't know exactly yep. when or what or how, um, th- this will all happen. M- Mike, I feel for you, but like, it's there's so many people, um, not just in the sports world, but in our world particularly, that are in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm sure you're yeah. hearing and talking to a lot of people uh, that that are feeling your pain too. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Um, both of my both of my brothers um, both work in the food service industry, um, so they're in in dire straits as well right now um, back in Illinois. Um, I can also say for tennis players specifically, it is a really difficult time. Um, so if you're not inside the top 50, um, money sometimes is a challenge, especially if you're outside of the top 100, these players are all independent contractors themselves. 
they have themselves, they have no guaranteed money coming in as opposed to all of the team sports where they have contracts that are going to be honored and uh, guaranteed money that goes along with that. So you talk to players who are outside of, say, even the top 200 who are thinking they might have to stop their playing careers mm-hmm. because of the fact that they're not going to have money to come back. Um, I've talked to a couple players in that regard already who are just saying, you know, I'm kind of moving on at this point if they maybe haven't had that great success yet. Um, but a lot of them are really struggling financially and figuring out how to they're, they're going to handle things if they don't get to play within the next three or four months. And that tends to be my social uh, network. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty in terms of just, okay, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to pay my mortgage? For me, uh, just like it is for you, Jeremy, you know, mm-hmm. the, we, of course, think about our kids as, as parents right. um, and how we talk about it with our kids, as well as just make sure that their needs are taken care of. Mike, uh, you know, in the tennis world, obviously, there are some people that make a, a lot of money. And, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. we've seen some leadership from NBA players, whatever it is, that are trying to give to arena workers, whatever it is. Have you heard any similar stories with, with tennis? Because yeah. I, I do know that, you know. I always say when when uh, things are worse, did you find the best in people? Uh, and I think we're already starting to see some some stories of that. Yeah, I, I we haven't yet. Yeah. Um, it, it's been very interesting because you know, one of the things I talk about on my podcast a lot with with my co-host Noah Rubin is the fact that the the players need to unionize um, so that they do have guarantees and and they're taken care of. Because right now, the fact that all of them are independent contractors. And not knowing how long this work stoppage is going to last, they're they're really nervous. So yeah, you know, I, I keep waiting and expecting Nadal or, or Serena or or Fed to to step forward. But then I I said, well, how do, how does how does that work? Right. Who are they going to help? You know, are they going to help the tournaments? Are they going to help the you know which in which tournaments are they going to help? Because there are so many. Are they going to try to help players? There's so many people within um, my sport specifically that are maybe maybe do things for a couple of weeks um, around a tournament uh, that it's not necessarily their their biggest source of income. So do you try to help them? I, I, I don't know how you do that effectively. Um, what I do know is that it's it's shown me that within the sport of tennis. There needs to be some sort of guarantee. Um, if they're injured for a period of time, they're not able to earn money. Now you have this, obviously, once in a lifetime type of an experience and all these players who don't have the ability to make money. Um, my podcast partner, uh, Noah Rubin, is, is actually, he's giving lessons. This is a guy who won the Wimbledon Junior event just a few years ago and has gotten mm-hmm. to about 110 in the world. And right now, in order to make sure he gets all of his needs met, he is giving tennis lessons in New York City, which is a scary thing because they're already in the midst of an outbreak. So um, to answer your initial question, we haven't quite seen it yet. And I I don't know how it necessarily trickles down from the top when when everybody is so concerned that they're not going to have this guaranteed income for a while. One more thing I want to ask you about, Mike, is you interacted with so many student athletes here uh, at the University Mm. of Illinois, and especially the sports people don't like pay a lot of attention to whether it was tennis whether it was soccer whatever it yeah. is we had a lot of careers um end prematurely and it, it sounds like yeah. some of those spring athletes might have an opportunity to come back but you know i talked to people about like alex kovacevic i mean that guy has money to go make right like at the yeah. end of those careers we didn't get to see but um hopefully if tennis is back by the end of the year that's a guy that can fully go on tour just what who are you thinking about what were you thinking about when you saw the ncaa you know cancel uh the rest of its seasons 
Yeah, I, I specifically thought of those the two um, the two seniors I've had a lot of interactions with over the last couple of years on the men's side um, in tennis, Alex Kovacevic and and Lee Clark. Um, Kova is I, I feel pretty confident he's ready to to make the jump. Um, Zeke Clark has been such a um, a team guy over the last couple of years that if he wanted to stay for an extra year, I don't think anybody would um, be remotely shocked. He's also a little bit more diminutive and hasn't had the higher level tennis success um, to really show that he's going to be a, a, a viable pro. Um, like I said, he's a little bit on the, on the smaller side, um, so that's going to be much more of a challenge for him. But yeah, um, Kova is a, is a guy who I think will make an impact in, at a at a pretty good level early. Um, I, I felt for him and a lot of, um, I, I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of different student athletes um, in tennis specifically because there are a lot of college players who spend a lot of time in the fall and even during the spring who play at the challenger level that I, that I get um, to talk to quite a bit. They're going to have really difficult decisions because mm-hmm. a lot of the American players who are college tennis stars count on having that NCAA tournament at the end of the year because the winner of that is in strong consideration for a U.S. Open wild card, which is $50,000 right out of the gate to start your um, your career. Um, and now that's not an option, and the USTA will have decisions on how to award those wild cards for the U.S. Open if we have a U.S. Open. But, yeah, I felt I felt sympathy for, for those top American players in, in the sport because they kind of need that – I don't know. You, it's one thing to say you went, uh, what, 8-2 and two in your in your senior season – but if you're able to make a, an impact in the NCAA tournament, that helps sell you to sponsors. It gives you the opportunity to find a wild card into the U.S. Open. It's it's that loss that I thought of, um, along with, of course, uh, just that team uh, camaraderie that I've I've seen so many times over the last several years at the University of Illinois. I miss it desperately this first year that I've been away. Um, but yeah, I, I felt for them not having that closure at the end of the year in in, in a traditional sense. Yeah, just this was such an outlet for all of us, Mike, and and to have it gone, we understand yeah. why. It's just it's heartbreaking um, that that all these kids didn't get the the, the season, but uh, we didn't get to enjoy it and watch it as well. But uh, anything else you wanted to add, Mike? Yeah, I think um, you know, much like so many other people, I, I think you're going to start seeing some. Uh, I've already seen social media posts about you know, it, hey, can you give to local businesses? Um, you know, I think we're going to start getting to that point where we see some people who are going the GoFundMe route mm-hmm. um, to help take care of their bills. And I show empathy right now. Um, teach your kids about kindness. Teach your kids what it means to to show compassion for others um, and, and help when you can in this moment. Um, you know, like I, I'm probably going to be fine. Jeremy, you're probably going to be fine. There are a lot of other people who are probably not. Um, so just see if you can find a way to give back and, um, yeah, just make sure everybody stays healthy and takes care of themselves. Mike, uh, stay well, man. Um, hopefully we, we get some tennis back in our lives here shortly so you can get back out there and, and do it safely and do what you do so well. Um, thinking about you, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate it. Jeremy, good luck. I I see there's a Illinois bracket out there right now, uh, Twitter, Twitter follow. So I'm, I'm pulling for you, buddy. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, we we got to. We also had to create our own bracket of of Illini players. We got to make some content somehow, man. You got to get creative. I understand. Thank you, Mike. 
I appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you so yeah. much for the interest. I really appreciate it. That's Mike Cation. And I can't thank him enough for telling us his story. Um, I think it gives us a different glimpse into a different sporting world that most of us don't get into in tennis, but also a different part of this that uh, most of us don't consider. I mean, I'm thinking of the photographers that work games, the, the camera people that work games, and, of course, the people that work at all these arenas uh, that are going to struggle uh, moving forward here. And uh, it's going to be very, very tough over what we don't know is an indeterminate amount of time. So sports will be back at some point, and we hold out hope that it will be soon, which means we will be fighting this and fighting it well. Um, but obviously for the next couple months, guys like me will be searching for content, but more importantly, guys like Mike will be out of work, um, and hopefully they find a way to get through this. Hopefully a lot of us can help people uh, get through this and you know, hopefully the, the people in power find ways to help people get through this because it's going to be rough for all of us. But obviously health and safety is the most important reason. I hope all of you are healthy, you're safe, uh, and you're doing your part to, to help out and, and keep everyone else safe because that is what is needed right now. That's what the NCAA is trying to do. It's what the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, everybody's trying to do right now. We're going to keep covering this story. We're going to give you other lighter moments. We're going to have maybe some more fun podcasts that we could have in the future because I know this has been a very heavy couple weeks. But we're just going to try and keep you informed. We're going to try and keep you entertained. We're just going to try to keep connecting with you during this very tough time where we have to be disconnected. Um, we can't. We shouldn't be close to each other, uh, but we should remain in touch with each other, and we should remain connected to each other through all of this take care of each other be nice to each other be kind and help those who are in need for the Illini Inquirer podcast I'm Jeremy Warner subscribe to us rate us review us we appreciate that and uh, keep going to the site we're going to keep giving you some content as we all get through this together Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.